Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast Channel. This is going to be Random Thoughts Episode 2. Why Freemasonry is more dangerous than you think. So, um, basically, um, the Masons, like a lot of organizations, governmental and uh, corporate, um, basically hide their nefarious deeds and plans from the general public. Most people who are going to listen to this episode are going to think, well, what's wrong with the Masons? Now, if you go on the YouTube, as I have when I was doing the research on the Masons, um, the, like 90% of their videos are, oh, you know, well, first of all, they're made by Masons themselves. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Obviously, um, uh, SS officer in World War II or KGB officer uh, in Stalinist Russia, if if you knew them and you were having a, a discussion, you're like, you know, I've heard some pretty bad stuff about you. They would probably tell you, no, no, we're great guys, man. We're just, we're ordinary dudes just doing a job, man. You know, and I'm sure the majority of them that would say such a thing believed it. You know, some people, you know, um, some people that, that, that do these things, they may actually, I know this sounds hard to believe, but they may actually be normies who are not aware of the full extent of what they've gotten themselves, excuse me, into. But anyway, so I'm sure the majority of you guys who are listening to this are thinking, you know, What's wrong with the Masons? They build hospitals. They ride around in little red cars and parades. And they do charitable work. And it's just a bunch of middle-aged guys getting together. And, you know, it's 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 basically like a middle-aged frat party. Well, that's... The best way I can put this is when I did the research on the Masons, basically they have what they call, I think it's Blue Lodge Masons who are exactly what I just described. You know, they're, they're middle-aged guys acting like they're in a frat. And then there are these other type of Masons who... 
are actually dangerous people. I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that either. And part of, you know, part of the Masonic movement is like any other nefarious organization, they don't, they don't, you know, you don't have one organization called the Masons. If you do the research, there are things called the Cabinari. Uh, they, they were basically the Italian Freemasons. Um, there, there, there are other groups within that, within the Masons. And so, you know, like anything else, um, they go through name changes and it, it's, it's, it's like a spider's web, you know, um, certain Masons in a country may be called one thing and in another country they might be called another, or you might, you know, you might have the Masons of both countries and, uh, Masonically, um, affiliated organizations in the same country and the two may not even know that the other exists anyway so basically and and by the way by the way if i i as i stated when i um did the introduction to this new segment i'm doing I said I'm going to post my sources in the description box, uh, the show notes. My advice to you is don't get lazy and don't research the Masons um, on YouTube. I did, uh, like I said, when I was doing the research, um... I I went through the listings under Masons and and you know for those of you of a quote unquote conspiratorial mindset when it came to the Masons YouTube and anybody who's dealt with YouTube knows this when they have a particular uh organization or person that they favor, they will put a disclaimer about any, um, on any video that may be even remotely critical of them. Well, when it came to the Masons, they, um, there were some videos that had the, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica definition of the Masonic movement. And, there were some, I think, that gave, um, if I'm not mistaken, Wikipedia definition of uh, masonry. But um, what I would advise is, if you're allergic to reading, and you absolutely must listen to a a a podcast, um. True Restoration Radio actually does a uh, podcast on the Masons. 
Um, and I'm sorry for all you may, uh, I'm sorry for all you atheists out there who are like, oh, I don't want to listen to a bunch of religious freaks. Well, basically, <laughs> the only, the only truthful people about the Masons are the Sedevacantist Catholics, whether you like it or not. Okay, so if you're if you're truly invested in getting the truth, I would advise listening to these guys. So, basically, prior to the 1700s, there was unaffiliated groups, or I should say independent groups, and they weren't really organized, but they basically had this idea of a natural religion. And basically what that means is, is, um, basically, um, basically a religion without God is, is the only way I can put it. Um, basically this is paganism is what it is. Because if you have a religion with no God, you end up worshiping mankind. So, um, but like I said, their their origins are murky. There, there are um, some mentions of these organizations in the 16th century, which would have been the 1500s. But basically, it didn't become organized until the 1700s and the first lodges were in England and Scotland and from there it because you you got to remember uh this was right after the uh Protestant revolt so a lot of your your uh, upper crust were dissatisfied with, you know, the religious state, you know, um, they, they basically, their basic attitude was, you know, this, this fighting over God is ridiculous. Now, speaking as a person who loves God in my own way, um, I would definitely fight, you know, I, I, I would definitely fight to protect my religion. So, you know, and I, I've heard, by the way, this, this, this attitude of, oh, the worst of religion are stupid. Dude, oh, it's a waste. Not if God is your highest priority. It's not stupid. And just because you don't understand why a person would die for something you consider to be at best an abstract concept, at worst uh, a sky daddy as the uh, the obnoxious little atheists say on uh, the internet, you know, that doesn't matter, you know. But anyway, 
So the first two, the first two lodges were in England and Scotland. And as I said, it was a naturalistic religion, which meant that, you know, they, they, um, they wanted basically man to be God. And if, if you can read some of the information that I've, I've read and I've seen, um, they make it quite clear in the writings that the Vatican was able to actually capture um, from some captured Masons. And basically, their initial... Their initial plan was to undermine and overthrow Catholicism. And you got to remember, you got to remember the context. We're talking the 18th century, 1700s. Catholicism was still a force. Even with the Protestant revolt, it was still a force. And the Masons... um. You know, they're not stupid. They're not stupid. They understood implicitly that um, Protestantism was too um, disorganized and it was, there was too much infighting for them to give the Masons any issues. But the Catholic Church at that time could. So what they proceeded to do was, was they proceeded to go into Catholic countries like France and Italy and Spain and corrupt the nobles and the uh, the uh, the kings of those countries and their courts. And, you know, because this, this strategy, it's, it's diabolical strategy. If you can corrupt the upper classes, the lower classes don't stand a chance. So that's what they did. And they basically worked with the nobility and the kings to basically weaken the Catholic Church's influence in Catholic countries. And around the early 1800s, they decided that they were going to infiltrate the Catholic Church. And anybody who knows their history by this point Knows you you just had the French Revolution before the or yeah before the eighteen hundreds, and that gave birth to Napoleon. But basically, they massacred the French king. You know, through the French revolutionaries, and around the time of Napoleon, they decided well. This is all well and good, 
but we're better working from within. And if you read what they write in the papers that were able to be recovered, is basically the there were certain people in the Masons who were saying, well, this is this is gonna take this is gonna take decades. This may even take a century to accomplish. But we must be patient. We must be patient. We can't rush this thing. We can't push the issue. We just we keep infiltrating governments and and the Catholic Church. And um we work at it through that. And they they absolutely knew that it was going to take them decades or maybe even a century, but they were willing to do it. And so basically around the 1870s, and for those of you who are not familiar with history, that's when the um, Italian... Um, Masonic movement posing as freedom fighters basically united Italy and took the papal states from the Catholic Church and basically kept, you know, the Pope couldn't leave the Vatican for his own safety. He couldn't. And, um, I, I, when this happened, they realized, well, we're closer to our goal. You know, it's just a matter of time and we're going to have the Catholic Church. So the question became, well, what do we do after we get the Catholic Church? Because by the 1870s, the Catholic Church was on the ropes. I mean, absolutely on the ropes. There really were no Catholic uh, uh, nobility to speak of. I mean, there were some, but they they had they weren't in control. Because if you if you know your European history, around the eighteen thirties to the eighteen seventies, you had a push toward quote-unquote, democracy. And so, a lot of the power that used to be held by the king was not now being held by politicians. And these uh, politicians, you know, if they weren't out-and-out out Masons, they, they were, you know, sympathetic toward the goals of Masonry. Which, by the way, um, there was the, the goals of Freemasonry. I'm not exactly sure, um, where they're published, but they were published. And if you look at what their goals, what their intended goals were, and the 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 quote unquote liberalism um 
of the politicians, they were one and the same. They both had the same goal. Now, by the way, by the way, this is not meant to be an exhaustive history. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this out here because a lot of right wingers are saying, oh, the, the, you know, the, uh, world economic forum, the great reset, that's all commies, man. It's all commies. Well, I wanted to give you an idea that I used to be of that mindset. I used to think the same thing, that it was all commies, until I started, re- uh, I, I heard about Freemasonry and I started looking into it. It's deeper than commies. Now, for my American listeners, I'm going to flat out tell you that our founders were Masons. And our constitution was based on Masonic principles. All you have to do is read, read the goals of Masonry. And it's clear as day. And, and, and by the way, um, I'm going to make a lot of people mad. Don't care. I just got done. Uh, I was just on Twitter and I, I said that when, when our quote unquote founders wrote the constitution, it was meant to fail. It was literally meant to fail. It was purposely designed for, um, it was purposely designed. They, they, they told the citizenry that, oh yeah, you know, we want to protect your rights and, you know, we want to keep you, um, you know, we want to keep the government off your back. Sound familiar? Well, um... Basically, and anybody who knows your their American history will tell you this, over the years, and it, it didn't take long before the government started encroaching on states' rights. And the biggest encroachment was the Civil War. Now, I know, I know, it was over slavery, bro. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Okay, it was basically um, when when the Constitution and you can look this up when the Constitution before there was a Constitution, there were the Articles of Confederation, which basically each state was its own independent country. And the Federalists decided, well, this is crazy. It's not working uh, we need a strong central government. Now, the people who wanted to keep the article, you know, each each state its own little country, um, were the anti-federalists. And basically, they got with the anti-federalists and said, look, we need a strong central government. Um, we need to unite these 13 different nations into a country. And basically, 
um, there were conditions from the anti-federalists that they said, we'll sign on to this, but you have to agree, you know, and basically it was the 10 first 10 amendments to our constitution and the federalist had to guarantee that if any state wanted to secede from the union, they were allowed to go. Okay, so when Lincoln declared war on the South for wanting to secede, he was actually breaking the uh, the promise that the Federalists had made to the to the Anti-Federalists. But the purpose I'm bringing this up is this the the way the Constitution was written was it was meant to be broken at any time that the Masonic leaders wanted to break it. And when I say Masonic leaders, I'm going to give you three names of, of, of known Masons. And there were, there, there had to be a lot more than this because uh, masonry was pretty popular in pre-revolutionary America. One was George Washington. The other one was Benjamin Franklin. And the other one was Thomas Paine. Don't have to like it. They were no masons. And like I said, there were more than that. But we're, and, and by the way, when they formed uh when 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 these guys were were trying to form a government masonry in the general american public was was absolutely despised because the average american at that time knew that they were anti-christian and they wanted nothing to do with it so it's not like today where masonry is, you know, on YouTube and it, it's loud and it's proud. Get over it. It was actually, you know, it actually had to mind its P's and Q's and make sure that nobody knew what they were up to. Okay. But, um, Anyway, I'm going to give the sources. You can look it up. Um, so, basically, um, you know, like I said, it, it started in England and Scotland, moved to America. From America, it moved to Mexico. From England and Scotland, it moved into Europe itself. And a lot of the democracy movements were, um, were, uh, if they, they, they were, um, influenced by Masonic ideas. A lot of their, you know, ideas for democracy were from the Masons. Now, I just got done saying that a lot of right-wingers are saying, you know, uh, Great Reset, uh, 
uh, World Economic Forum, these are commie fronts. And I just got done saying it goes deeper than that because if you read the if you read the history of the Masonic um, movement around the early 1800s, there was an early there there were early um, socialist groups. And basically, the Masons, um, I, I, I got, I'm not gonna lie, um, I'm not sure if they infiltrated the socialist groups or if they met with the socialist thinkers and said, hey, you know, let's have a mutually beneficial relationship. I'm not sure which one it was. But they did cooperate. And so, at best, what you could say about socialism and communism is, is that, um, at best, what you can say is, it was, uh, the Masons influenced the socialists and the communists. The worst you can say is they probably were directing it behind, directing these movements behind the scenes. So when you, when you say the World Economic Forum, you know, um, uh, the World Economic Forum and the, um, uh, Great Reset, you know, uh, eat the bug, bigot, live in the pod, bigot, suck the dick, bigot. You're, you're, you're basically talking about, you know, masonry. Because no matter how you slice it, you know, um, obviously nobody's going to know for certain if Klaus Schwab or, um, Soros is an actual Mason or not, you know, these, these guys are shadowy, more shadowy than the CIA. I mean, they make their occasional appearances, but you're, you know, in, in, unless you've got a, a really crack intelligence organization, you're probably not going to be able to dig up any solid information on these guys. So nobody knows. But basically this whole thing about global governance, you know, that's a Masonic idea too. And that's why I'm making this video. Because you right-wingers out there, you know, and like I said, I thought it was communist infiltration myself until I started, you know, researching the Masons. I heard about them and I was like, well, wait a minute. This, this, this makes sense. Um, but you, you're close. You're close to the truth. But you're misdiagnosing your enemy. 
And to those of you who are former military, I'm former military. Um, mis misdiagnosing your your enemy is gonna lead to a bad strategy. And you know, anyone knows, especially to those who served in Iraq and Afghanistan, bad strategy is gonna give you a bad result. A lot of people are going to get killed. The reason I say this is, is because um, a lot of, lot of right-wingers on YouTube are thinking that they can work within the system. Now, the smarter, the smarter right-wingers know there's, no, there's going to be no political solution within Washington, D.C., and they're right. But there's no political solution on the state or the town level either. Because if you read about masonry, they brook, they brook no competitors. Um, one of the things they're famous for is if a rival, and it could actually be a rival mason group, if there's a rival that's competing with them, they'll they'll go out and they'll wipe them out. And I'm not I'm not trying to be black pill here, <laughs> although it's kind of hard not to be. But basically, what I'm trying to tell you, in not so many words, there is no political solution to this. The best thing that you can do, and some right-wingers, this is the irony of it all. Um, There's some right-wingers who back in 2018, 2019 were talking about, well, we need to form our own isolated communities. At this point, I don't see any other solution. Because... Um, if, if, if you, if you attempt a political solution, I think if, if my theory is correct, you're going to be doomed to failure and some people are probably going to get killed and God help us if there's a civil war, because I know I hear the, the memes on the right wing channels. Oh, they got a bunch of blue haired, um, uh, blue-haired SJWs in the military, you know, they're going to be easy pickings. Well, these blue-haired SJWs uh, on their own, and, you know, I've, I've seen the footage during the Trump administration. Yeah, these guys are basically pussies, but they're going to have N1 tanks. They're going to have Apache helicopters. They're going to have Delta. They're going to have Green Berets, Rangers, Marines backing them up. And, you know, you, you don't need to be a history expert to know that when the U.S. government decides to level a patch of ground, it can do it very easily. So, um, 
there was something. Oh, and that's another thing too. On on right wing uh, internet, it it you know there's this expression called a glowy. You know, which is basically a a uh, a government infiltrator. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to be ashamed to name this particular name, but Richard Spencer, to those who pay attention to these sort of things, is a he's definitely a Fed, but. I'm sure there's some people on YouTube who obviously may not be a, when I say obvious, they're not being blatant about their allegiances to the federal government. But for those of you on Twitter, especially you young kids, I'm going to tell you, you know, Stay away from the people who call themselves the dissident right. Stay away from these people. They started out as the alt-right right before Trump got elected as president. And then they turned into the the neo-reactionaries around 2018. And now they're calling themselves the dissident right. Now, before I get some butthurt comments from people, I'm not saying every person who considers themselves to be dissident right is a fascist. But there are a lot of people within that movement who unironically are fascist and want a fascist dictatorship. And... You know, way back in 2018, I was telling people, these people are no, are no different than Antifa. They're the two, they're the, they're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. Except one wants, uh, super Maoist, uh, communist utopia and the other wants, uh, super Mussolini, um, Fascist utopia. Okay. Basically. These people. They don't know how to lead. And. Quite frankly. Um, they don't know. They, they don't know how to lead. And. Quite frankly. I don't think they're self aware enough. To know how to lead. If it came down to it. And while I'm at it, their heroes are Machiavelli and uh, Ebola. I forget the dude's first name. He was an Italian philosopher uh, in the early 20th century. Um, and and basically he wrote a bunch of books about corporatism and fascism and you know he was buddies with Mussolini and these two writers are very popular with the quote unquote dissident right and in case you're tempted to 
take up Mussolini, or I'm sorry, uh, Ebola and uh, Machiavelli as, as your reading material. Don't get me wrong. There have been very successful dictators such as Stalin who have taken the principles outlined in The Prince and made it work. However, there's a very little known story about Ma uh, Machiavelli that I, I'm, I'm almost willing to bet that these dissident right people have never heard. And that was when, you know, because basically um, at the era which he wrote, which was the 13th century, I believe, Basically, Italy was a bunch of city-states. And if you were in the wrong political faction of your particular city-state, you got exiled. Well, that's what happened to Machiavelli. And as a matter of fact, the prince is dedicated to a leader of a city-state that took him in. And basically, this book was uh was telling him how you know how he could be a successful ruler but that's not the story the story is so basically this prince that he was uh living under um basically sent him out to his mercenaries because at that time there were no standing armies what you couldn't get from your local nobles and peasantry, you had to go out and find some mercenaries from another state or principality or whatever, and you had to pay them. And we're talking the 13th century because uh, you, you think soldiers nowadays are salty. We we have nothing on the soldiers of fortune in the 13th century. So basically, he uh, he goes strutting out to this to this uh, company of mercenaries, and the mercenary uh, leader was basically drilling his company out in the. Uh, courtyard of the castle or the town square I don't know which and Machiavelli strolls up to him he's like no 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 you're doing that all wrong you're doing that all wrong and this this leader looks at him and says alright you go lead him and Machiavelli now we're, we're, we're talking about hardened mercenaries who know their military drill had these guys basically just bumping into each other. He couldn't even get trained soldiers um, to drill correctly because he did not know what the hell he was doing when it came to actual leading of troops. Now, Ebola was just a philosopher. Ebola... You know, he had spent his entire life in academia. He had no real life experience. 
You know, and anybody who's ever been to college knows your average college professor is a very sheltered individual. So I'm just I'm just saying, you know, if somebody tells you, oh, Machiavellian is uh, Machiavelli's great and Ebola's great. These guys were theoreticians. They're not actual leaders. You know, they can they can write a theoretical book, but when it comes to leading people, they don't know what the hell they're doing. And that includes the people who are on the dissident right. Once again, not all of you, but most of you. And by the way, before I get accused of being some uh, leftist, uh, leftist SJW, I am not a leftist SJW. I am very conservative. And I've always been conservative. Unlike a lot of people, I was conservative when I was in high school. And I've never changed. As a matter of fact, the older I get, the more further right I go. So, my criticisms here are not you know, um, based on left-wingism. They're based on, as, 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 my basic attitude is, and it hasn't changed, I got no time for commies and I ain't got no time for fascists. You know, people who want to destroy society so they can be the leaders, I have no time for. And I want to have time for them. Um, and there's, there's one other thing I want to get to, um, I can't remember, but it, it doesn't matter. I pretty much stated my case why I'm against the dissident right. Um, and, and by the way, um, these guys, and I'm not even talking about the neocons or the normie cons. These guys aren't popular with the based and red pill crowd because, you know, these guys have made themselves so obnoxious that nobody can stand them. Anyway, so my basic advice to you, if you're right wing and you're not a fascist, <laughs> you, you, you don't want to bring forth a, a, a fascist dictatorship with you at the head. My suggestion is move to somewhere isolated and I'm basically talking about the States. Although I've heard of Europeans who have a similar idea, move to somewhere isolated. And like I said, that's not hard to do in the States. And, um, basically hunker down as best as you can. 
and get yourself, get yourself, you know, more than, you know, your six gaming buddies together. Get yourself more than six gaming buddies. And, you know, I, I wish I could say that there are millions of veterans that you could turn to. But since we have an all-volunteer army, um, you know, we're 350 million people. And our, our army, I can't speak for the rest of the armed forces, are... Uh, at last time I checked was around 250,000 people. But if you can get some, some former, uh, some former army or Marines to lead you, you, you grab them and, and you make sure that they're the ones that are training you who are, who are showing you what to do and you have the humility to shut up and listen to what they say. Because I don't care that you have a doctorate in whatever, you know, when the bullets fly, the bullet ain't going to care how many years in college you were. So anyway, um, like I said, you got to know what you're fighting and when I talk about masonry, this is worldwide. This is worldwide. It's, it's just not in Europe. It's just not in America. It's in Mexico. It's in South America. It's in Asia. Its tentacles reach far and wide. And so, um, you know, you gotta, Basically, you're not going to win in a head-on fight if you're an American with the U.S. Army. Um, and quite frankly, um, since, you know, people like us who are even aware of the Great Reset, since the, 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 the people who know about Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum are a minority. Um, we're not going to be able to take on head on um, any any country's military. So, like I said, um, there 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 is no political solution. Oh, I just remembered what it was I was going to say. Be careful. Be careful with the people who call themselves the dissident right. Now, I'm not going to absolutely state for a fact that uh, they're probably a a percentage of them who are actual feds. But I just want to remind you, Richard Spencer, who led the Tiki Torch March in South Carolina back in 2017, um, people that followed him didn't think he was a Fed. And, you know, a couple years later, 
the, the common consensus on, on the right, and I'm talking the based and red pilled right, we're saying, oh yeah, that guy, that guy's a fed. <laughs> He's a fed. Anyway, guys, you didn't have to listen. And I thank you for listening. I hope I didn't bore you. I hope I gave you something to think about. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. I'm praying for you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Sorry, guys. I just remembered something that I wanted to say in the um, in the podcast. One, uh, this is going to be real fast. Sometime around the 1870s, and this was also documented, um, the Masons realized that they were going to that they were going to overthrow Catholicism. I might have said this earlier, but I don't think I finished my thought. Basically, they knew that um, they had the Catholic Church on the ropes. And so basically, the leadership was saying, well, where, where do we go from here? And basically, what their new plan of attack was, well... Now that we're pretty sure we've got the Catholic Church on the ropes, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna knock out the Protestants and we're gonna basically destroy Christianity and replace it with our naturalized religion. And then we're going to infiltrate governments, which they'd already infiltrated America, and you know, probably a lot of Western Europe. But we're we're gonna we're gonna infiltrate, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna use our Masonic contacts within government to basically um turn these countries over to our philosophy and we're going to indoctrinate them into our philosophy. And um just as a closing note. In 1960, Vatican II was called, the Vatican II Council was called for the Catholic Church, which basically destroyed, destroyed the um, true Catholic Church and basically replaced it with a counterfeit church. Here's the thing, though. The people that called that council and ratified it. They had the buildings. They had the personnel. But they changed the doctrine. And just for the record, I might do uh, an episode on this. But what you think of as the Catholic Church right now is not the Catholic Church. It's a fake. It's counterfeit. And um, basically, it was meant to to bring discredit upon the Catholic Church. Anyway, I might have an episode on that later. Um, I just wanted to throw that little memory in there in case I forgot to already talk about it. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye. You people have been chosen. To reveal our existence to the world. 
You will witness what happens here today, and you will tell of it later. 